Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball in this episode. We're going to talk about the ALDS series game number two and what a game it was. Segway, let's bring him on. Tom, you were at the game. How exciting was it? Good morning, Rob. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Man, if you have not been to a postseason baseball game, you just aren't doing it right. The atmosphere was just amazing. Uh, everybody was loud. I mean, it was just a great game. We'll get into it, but but you got to do it. I mean, definitely make it out to a postseason game. You get a chance. So we're going to do the game recap. We're going to look ahead at game three. And we also have some fair fouls, of course. But first, I want to ask you this. Did you see the shirts that said, Houston, we are a problem, and the, <laughs> and the U is a garbage can? I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, I want that shirt. It's like a receipt you can wear all the time, right? I just think it's cool. I like it when they poke fun at us, and uh, but it doesn't say what material it's made of, so no sale. I do wonder if you tried to buy it and you had like a Houston address, would they sell it to you? I, I, I'm curious if they'd be like, oh, sorry, we reserve oh. the right to not well, sell it. They're there to, to make money, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure they'll sell it. Hmm. All right, so let's talk about this. It's Framber, probably the third best pitcher in the American League this year. Luis Castillo, who spent most of the time in the National League, I believe. So he's not really the Cy Young candidate. 
but definitely one of the best pitchers in baseball. Head-to-head, game one, we had Justin Verlander, Mr. Automatic Win, who pitched horribly. So what are we going to see from Framber? Uh, let's go with the scoring. Bottom of the second, Kyle Tucker, solo home run. It was a moonshot. Did you see the interview with him afterwards? Or they said, uh, something about, I, I liked your home run. He's like, thanks. Or your home run was a moonshot. He's like, thank you. He's just yeah. so cool, right? It's so funny because I've got this coworker. She was with me at the game. And uh, she's just not a huge Kyle Tucker fan. Not Nothing against, you know, his ability to play baseball. She just doesn't like his personality. And sure enough, we, we saw the post game and he was true to form. And I'm like, look, I don't know what you want from the guy. You know, like I get it. He's he's not, you know, a loud, flamboyant Latino. But I mean, he just comes and does work. Like I, I really like him. And That's the kind of people you should like. They're humble. They're good, but humble. 107 RBIs and he's home. Right. But I mean, he's got like a, you know, he's got like a very quiet demeanor. You know, he just doesn't have an, a whole lot of energy. So, you know, people gravitate towards, ener- you know, energetic people. So I get it, but it's just, it's just funny. It's like our, it's like our inside joke now. Cause I was like, look, if Kyle Tucker hits his home run, you better show him some love. And sure enough, he did. And she's sitting there going, oh my God, I've got to like love this guy now. I love him. That's my wife's favorite player. Uh, top of the fourth, it was a crazy play. So it's one to zero, <clears throat> but Santana hits into a fielder's choice. Framber throws the ball home. Plenty of time to get the guy, but he rushed it. What do you think about his decision to do that? Should he just went for the easier out? But I don't think it was a bad decision because he could have got him with a good throw. What do you I think? Re- I really felt like he killed – <clears throat> he caught Maldi off guard. I really think that Maldi was not prepared to receive a throw. And that's why it just like escaped him. It wasn't like it was a, I mean, it was a little wide, but I think Maldi was trying to do two things like, you know, protect the plate and then like, you know, make, make receive the catch. And for Framber, like looking at it, there was nowhere else for him to go. Like if he turn, if he spins and throws to first, it's probably a really close play. It was really kind of a play that kind of worked out for the Astros, like a, like a it break did. actually, because the ball going back to the backstop gave the gave the the runner at first the idea, hey, I can I can stretch this out, and it it hit right off the backstop and came right back to Maldi, so that gets him in the rundown, and then you know they get out of the inning with the next batter. Yeah, Hanniger went to third. Santana got caught in a rundown, which is listed in the in the books as a single thrown out at second, but he got caught in the rundown and it was a good play by Altuve tagging him and not giving the guy at third a chance to score. However, Moore came up and had an RBI single and that made it two to one. Uh So that was an opportunity there for, it was kind of in the fourth inning. It seemed like Framber was kind of falling apart there. And we escape with only a two-to-one deficit. And then the bottom of the six, once again, buddy, and we're going to touch on this afterwards, Pena gets on. They pitch to Jordan, two-run homer. How You went to the game. What was the excitement level? The oh, roof man. was blown off. It was so crazy. And what I thought was so amazing and what I just couldn't – like I couldn't fathom because, like, I mean – so I was sitting in section 429. We're, we're up there pretty high. 
I got some great tickets from GovX. Shout out to GovX, taking care of the military. Uh, and it was so awesome because nobody moved. Like off off the crack of uh, uh, Jordan's bat, all the Mariners just stopped. They just froze. The left fielder didn't move. Nobody moved. I mean, Castillo turned around, but it was like the entire building knew, and it just it just erupted. It was huge. It was it was big time because you started to worry that okay, Castillo may go the whole game. Like he's his pitch count was really low. He was really dealing. I mean, he made one mistake to Tucker, and then that was really it. You know, he really limited a lot of damage. Didn't walk a whole lot of batters. I think I think he only had one walk. So it was just like, how are you going to get to him? And then. Pena just doing the little things. I mean, he didn't he didn't kill it, but you know, just put it in play. Just give himself a chance. And uh I watched the post game and they said, you know, this Astros team caught a break the same way the Mariners kind of caught a break when they made the big rally against Serrano. Same exact play, a ball that falls in, and that just kind of led to the rally. Yeah. So he gets the two-run homer. The Astros go up three to two, bottom of the eighth to get an RBI single. From Bregman brings in Pena, and they give the four fingers to Jordan in the eighth inning. And I didn't realize this, but in the pregame, they talked to the manager from, I just can't think of his name right now. I know I know it. What is it? What is it? <laughs> Scott Service. Service. Okay. And he said, we're not going to let Jordan Alvarez beat us. And they did. And we got a fair foul about that later, so don't get too much into it. But anyway. That made it four to two. That was the final. Now I got a lot of stuff to dive in about the game, get some opinions from you. So key moments. It's the first time I ever broke it down like this because it's only one game. Key moments that help keep runs off the board. Possibly that kept a couple runs off the board. The Santana rundown. Mm-hmm. Right? If he wouldn't have got caught, I mean, they threw another, like they got another hit, scored a run. The rally could have could have been worse. And we, I mean, we only won four to two. So that was a big thing. And we already talked about it. But top of the six, Framber had the bases loaded. They took him out. Hector Neris, huge moment. What was your thoughts when you saw Hector Neris come in? And also, what were your thoughts after what he did? I was a little puzzled, to be honest. Like, I know Framber didn't, you know, I don't want to say he didn't have good stuff because he did. It was just, I think he lo- he didn't locate as well as, as we're accustomed to seeing. Credit to to the Seattle Mariners. They were able to lay off some some tough pitches too. And, you know, Dusty, for whatever reason, was like, you know what? I'm going to go to one of my, my horses in the pen. And uh, so Cal Raleigh, the guy at the plate, really struggle, struggles against lefties. But as you and everyone else knows, no Will Smith, no lefties. So, uh his, his most effective right-hander against lefties is, in fact, Hector Neris. Brings Neris in, gets him to roll it over. You know, the place went nuts again. Uh, I, I can't say enough about the crowd, the energy. Everybody, like, like every time there was a time that you needed to be up, that you needed to get behind your pitcher, or that they thought there was a moment, I mean, the, the, the stadium was rocking. You knew, like, okay, uh, knowledgeable fan base. You knew we needed this out. You knew... You know, Jordan could come up and do something. Bregman, when he when when the walk happened, I mean, the place was just a different type of, you know what I mean? I can't imagine for the players, you know, it's got to be a really tough place to play when the place is like that really loud. So it was the top of the sixth. <clears throat> and at the time, Seattle's winning. 
They're winning two to one with a chance to pile it on. I, I was puzzled too. I was like, because I don't know a lot about the Mariners, but what they were saying is that the guy hitting is better on the left side. So not only we put Hector Neris in, which was puzzling, but you move the guy hitting to his better side. Well, he I, was going to be on his better side regardless because we don't have a lefty to flip him. No, but I'm talking about if he would have just kept Framber in there, then he would have stayed on the right side. Well, right, but like we said, Framber, we felt like he was kind of like was he was kind of gassed. He was up around 100 pitches. I can't remember exactly what he was. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen him go deeper into games. I just that was one of the few times, and I will I'll say it because I've been one of the guys that's kind of been at Dusty, where you know normally he's a little late or a little early. That was that was the perfect. He pushed the perfect button right there. Neris gets the out, and then obviously what happens in the bottom happens in the bottom. But normally we we question his intuition, like, all right, why did he do this? Why did he do that? This was another one of those times, but it was exactly what they needed to do. I mean. Now, I'm not usually the guy that does, that analyzes things here. That's your job. Because <laughs> that's, that's your whatever. That's what you're good at. But to me, this is what I was noticing watching the game. That he was throwing those curveballs and they were swinging at him. And I don't know if they just said, okay, here's the plan. Stop swinging at him. Because they stopped swinging at him and he was getting behind and he was getting frustrated. And it worked. That that That's kind of what I saw. So normally, I feel like he's able to get a strike with that pitch in the zone and then he can expand off of it. Right. I feel like yesterday. And and so where I was sitting, I couldn't actually see it. So we actually had to pull up the MLB app and like, look, okay, where is it locating? So we're like watching the game and then looking to see, okay. Cause the crowd, obviously, if they thought it was close, some of those ones inside, you know, the whole place. Ooh, well, we're know. watching on TV. And the guy missed, you know, like Framber would have missed two feet out of the box and everybody's booing. So I know well, the people can't see the angle of the pitch. Right, right, right. But I mean, there, there's there's times where people are reading his body language and they don't know that it's him or if they don't know that it's he's going at the umpire with it, you know, because I mean, pitchers are very demonstrative. You can kind of feel that they're either up, they're upset with something. So the pitches that were inside the zone are inside of the hitter. He seemed like, he really wanted those pitches. Like they were, they're, they're breaking over the plate. And I feel like when you're, when, when Framber's on, uh, he'll get those pitches in the zone and freeze guys and then get them to swing at pitches out of the zone. So now he was trying to get guys to swing at this pitch out of the zone instead of like throwing it over for a strike. Again, I don't know if that was a, a plan tactic to pitch in or, you know, he was just missing spots, but, um, it, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but it worked. So you go to the top of the seventh, Suarez crushed one, line drive, and Alvarez was right there. That was a big play as well because they had a guy on second. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and Jordan's had to run on Jordan had to run on to catch that. It wasn't one of those ones where he, you know, frozen rope right at him. Yeah. So credit to him for running in, you know. If he would have took a step back, maybe didn't get to it. You know, maybe it's so he's really a talented left fielder, all things considered. It was a big play. And then the bottom of the eighth for us, we had two on with two outs 
Kyle Tucker, who had already homered in the game, struck out. So we left some runs out there possibly. And then the top of the ninth, we're winning four to two. They have a runner. Crawford's on first. They have a line drive to Uli right to him. He didn't even have to move at all. Caught it out. Next guy comes up double. <laughs> that was huge. And it was the ninth inning. That was huge. Absolutely. So the, so the Tucker at bat <clears throat> really crazy about the Tucker at bat is he had worked a three, one count, you know, so you, you felt like he was going to get something to hit. And it was just like their best against our best. His, you know, that guy just piped a fastball down and, you know, he did, he was, he was late. He didn't get to it. So then three, two, you're hoping that, okay, he'll be selective, but I think he really wanted to drive in that run. He clearly probably swung at ball four, but, um, or at least from my vantage point, maybe it was a little hot, maybe it was high in the zone, but it seemed like it was above the zone really would have loved him to work that walk because I think that was like you said, like a tipping point right there. And, um, for the the out at first base, talk about like Yuli being just that gold glove guy, you know, like I think he's so good at, at really positioning himself well all the time. You know, obviously he's holding the runner a little bit, but still, you know, to be in between the runner, right? Like so that there's no think, room, like he could have played behind him a little bit and he chose not to. That could have easily been first and third with no outs. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. I'll keep going. I'm sorry. And that was the ninth place hitter, like you said. So Julio Rodriguez, who, you know, the guy is going to be an absolute stud. The oh, Astros are going to have to deal is. with this. Yeah. He, the, the Astros are going to have to deal with this guy for a long time. And he has hit some just absolute rockets. The double that he hit, no doubter, in the gap. I mean, just absolutely crushed. And I was like, man, you know, they're going to get to it. You know, maybe they can, they can hold it to a single. Absolutely not. That guy was flying around first. It was, it was a no doubt double, so... But um, again, it just worked out. You know, I loved Yuli's. Uh, the one thing that I saw when Yuli made that catch, he kind of looked at the 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 runner at first. He's like, "Do you want me to tag you? You want me to go to the bag? What do you, how you want to do it? How you want it?" <laughs> you know, he just kind of looked at him. The guy just kind of smiled. He's like, "Well," and then he just stepped on the bag and he walked away. All right, I'm going to tell you some big Astros moments. Let me know if I leave anything out. Kyle Tucker's home run, huge. Altuve made two beautiful <clears throat> defensive plays that could have changed the game. Pena getting on ahead of Alvarez, huge. The intentional walk to Jordan and Bregman coming up after that and driving a run in, that was huge. What did I leave out? Um, Tucker had a catch right up against the wall. Uh, I thought that was it was close, you know, uh, one of those things where, you know, in the, in the ballpark, everybody's holding their breath because he's just he's just loping back, loping back, loping back, running out of room, hand up to the wall. All right, make the grab. Uh, Bregs had a couple of great plays. Not so much, you know, routine plays for him, but like still you're watching it. You're just amazed at his defense. Um, But yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you. I don't have the answer. Do you have the answer? What is wrong with Stanek? I don't think anything's wrong with Stanek. I think that that if you looked along the season, I don't believe he was a high leverage guy. I don't believe he was a high leverage guy. And He's a everybody, seventh inning guy? Yeah, yeah. Sixth, seventh inning. 
which, I mean, if you looked at the starting rotation, they were going six, sometimes seven innings all the time. I believe that Dusty looks at his whip. His whip's a little high for a reliever. And uh, it's it's weird. I feel like you see him more in mop-up than you see him in high leverage. So He was warming up. They, they interviewed Dusty, and he's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. You know, it just wasn't the right time is what he said. Those were his words. And that made me think, all right, he's not one of your guys you're going to, which, I mean, he doesn't have to. He can go Neris, yeah. Montero, Presley, and should be plenty, you know. So I imagine um, Saturday you'll probably see Ryan Stanek if the Astros have the lead at some point. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, like Twitter went crazy. I believe, like, I think Montero went in there and finished the seventh, and everybody on Twitter, including myself, watching the game, was like, <laughs> all right, it's Stanek and then Presley, and we're going to close this game out. But no, he didn't get in the game. But anyway, stat-wise, Astros four runs on six hits, Seattle two runs on five hits. So very close game. Both teams one for six with runners in scoring position. The difference Seattle left nine on base, and the Astros left four on. Jeremy Pena, two for three with a walk. He scored twice. Jordan had that two-run homer, and he walked. Bregman had the RBI. He went one for four, and Tucker. So Jordan, Bregman, and Tucker, all three only had one hit, but they were big. And and that's all you need in postseason baseball, right? The the games are so much tighter, so much can so much more condensed. You really feel like one big knock from each guy. And and think about this: the Astros are up 2-0 in the series and got absolutely zero from Jose Altuve offensively. And that's crazy. <laughs> he, he helped defensively though. For Amber, five and two thirds, four hits, two runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Not going to lie, I didn't know what his final line was all night. I write it down right now, and I'm thinking, wow, he actually pitched better than I thought he did. His stat line is better. Uh, Naris, a third of an inning, picks up the win. He deserves it. Huge. Huge. He could be the MVP of the game. I don't know. That was huge. Abreu pitched two-thirds of an inning. Montero, an inning and a third. He had two walks. Presley walked a guy. Gave up a hit, but he got out of it. Picked up the save. Are you worried about Presley at all? Because uh, he walked a guy, and then he had that, you know, that line drive. So, so I'm worried about those guys from the sense that they just haven't had any game action. You yeah, know, big time. It it it's been a long time. You know, so I wonder if that's the the deal. If that's that that's the issue. So. I hope that, you know, press is a little sharper next time around. He had, he threw a lot of balls. Like, like there was one point where his first pitch was just straight down in the dirt, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, man, these relievers are really rusty. <laughs> and there was a couple of them too. It was like more balls than strikes. And I'm like, come on now. We need strikes here. So I feel that, you know, all things considered being up 2-0, I'm not worried about anybody in particular. I hope no. that as they get going further into this series, you know, they get to be more crisp, more sharp. And, uh, but if you, if you look over across the board, like the Yankees got rained out. So yeah. I was getting ready made, to say that 
Oh, sorry. No, no, I didn't have it in my notes, but you made me think about how the <laughs> Yankees got rained out, so we can't talk about them. I think the is the Braves tied one to one. Correct. And, and the Dodgers Padres is one to one as well. That's crazy. The one thing about the Yankees series that's interesting is because they got rained out, they don't have any more off days. So if that series goes four or five games, they're gonna have to pitch back to back to back to back. So that could be advantage Astros too. Yeah, it could be advantage Cleveland. Absolutely. All right. So today at 307 on TBS in Seattle, first playoff game in I believe 21 years. Tomorrow. Saturday. What's today? I don't even know what today is. Today's Friday. <laughs> All right. So tomorrow. So y'all got to forgive me. I'm awake after working all night. <laughs> and I, it feels like a Saturday to me. I, I thought the Astros played tonight. My bad. <laughs> I want them to. I, I'm I just confused because I, I'll tell you this. I took off today of work. I took the day off because my son's here. And even today when I got to work, I was like, man, there's a lot of cars here for a Friday. All day I thought it was Friday because in my mind I'm off. So I know what day it is, folks. And I know when they play, I'm just <laughs> I'm just lost. So it's Lance McCullers four and two against Kirby. This guy's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Gonna start the first playoff game in 21 years over there. 339. Last time he pitched once against Houston this year at the end of July. Four innings, four hits, and two runs, seven strikeouts. Walked a guy, hit a guy. Not much to tell from there. I think this kid throws hard, maybe. And he, I think there was a game he closed out. They picked, they, they did the Robbie Ray thing, but it worked out for them. <clears throat> maybe that's why they went to Robbie Ray because they've done it before. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably analyze the Robbie Ray thing for a while. Uh, if the Mariners become, this this you know powerhouse what could have been had they had stayed with Seawald over Kirby in the end I, I feel like did I say Kirby I'm sorry I'm yeah. over Ray over Robbie over Ray, Ray. Yes, yes, yeah. yes but this Kirby kid's really good they trust him obviously or they, they could have went back to somebody else uh It'll be interesting to see what kind of at bats the Astros have. You know, I would I would hope that a young pitcher, they're really really patient, work some counts, and just force him to throw strikes. And if they do that, I think that uh, it's a really good chance we could be talking about the next series on Sunday. <laughs> I I really believe Seattle the the uh, T-Mobile Park is going to be rocking, rocking. So anyway, that leads us to fair foul. You ready for that? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back with five all-new fair fouls. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, we're back. Number one, and I wrote today because I don't know what day it is, but in game three, 
Diaz starts over Mancini. That's going to be really interesting. I wonder if they're going to want him, you know, in case uh, they need a pinch hit late. <clears throat> so I wonder if David Hensley gets a chance. I would love to see David Hensley DH. He's had two at-bats, and they've been absolutely fantastic. The one he had yesterday, he totally worked the count. He definitely got into a hitter's count. Didn't work out, but, you know, you can tell he's got a really good sense of the strike zone, really patient hitter, and he's done nothing but impress. I, I'm I'm worried that, you know, he may not be a part of this team because he's been so good long-term because he plays the infield. There's literally nowhere for him to go. Um, that would be my choice. But and Yuli Lee's, he could play first. I don't know if he played first. If he, I mean, he's a big guy. He's big. He's tall. He's a big guy. That'd be great for me. I think he's a great hitter. So I don't know that Dusty will do it because he's a rookie, but I'm curious if he gives him a shot there. But I would say fair because he has a, I I say fair too, but I don't know. It's really hard because Dusty said, because they interviewed him and because you didn't get to listen to what I listened to because you were there. But they said they interviewed Dusty, and he said the DH is whoever we're going to try some people. Whoever's hot, that's who's going to be. That's who's going to get the job. And I'm just saying Diaz had a hit today. Mancini went over four. David, you, but that's a good pick there, David Hensley. I, I and, wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And I think Dusty's got confidence in him. I really do. Like I do too. He's went to him in some really really high leverage spots, and he's been really really good. So why not give him four shots at it? I think you kill Mancini's confidence if you don't put him in. And I, I think if it was me, I would put Mancini in over Diaz. Like, because what you said, to have him come in and pinch it. I just don't know if Mancini can get any lower. Like, If he goes over 3, he's done. <laughs> he won't even be on the roster next next series. The crazy thing, oh, no, they'll carry him. The crazy yeah. thing about Mancini is like, man, he's just been like really, really unlucky too. He's he smoked some some different shots and it's just been right at people. And you feel for the guy because you can just see it in his body language. He wants so bad to help. This guy waited his whole career, you know, I think he's 10, 11 years in the bigs to be in this moment. And he's just not able to help at all. And it's eating at him. Oh, like, I bet. like, you know that that uh, he needs one good hit to get to get going. I think last... he's going to start. So my answer is foul. I think Mancini's going to get the start. That's <laughs> the my last... answer. I'm going with that. The last game of the season, I think. I think it was the last game of the season. Everybody was hitting. Everybody was hitting, or maybe it was the second to last game of the season. Except, and me. he was like he was like the only guy, and it was just absolutely eating him up. So I feel like this has just been a bigger snowball that's just going, going, going. But who knows? All right. Number two, in game three, Seattle will intentionally walk Jordan. I think it depends on the situation. If there's nobody on, if they're, you know, if the score is 0-0, probably not. I think if there's any, any you know, potential for him to do damage, you know, in a, in a, in a tight scoring game, the maybe. Thing of, the thing about I, it, too, is they have Bregman and then Tucker behind them. And Bregman's burnt them, you know, plenty the last two times in the series too. So it's really, that's the beauty of this lineup. Like if Penge is going to be able to get on base like this, 
there's just no holes one through five. You really no. have to come to them all the time. You can't pitch around anybody. I think it might happen. I think there with if Pena gets on or Altuve gets on, he's going to come up. I don't know, but that's tough though. I think I, I I'm just thinking that they probably will. I think the situation will come up, and they're going to be like, because he already said I'm not going to let the guy beat him, beat me, and that he did. They should they should have intentionally walked him before, but like I said, <laughs> dude, that's crazy to think about intentionally walking him and the two guys after that, and even Yuli's after that. Did you see the post game at all? Like, or, or I guess it was on Sports Center. Was it post game? I, I watched, I would say seven innings, and then I went to work and I watched it on my phone on Hulu. And mm-hmm. I work at six. The last out was at five fifty eight. I didn't see anything. I turned it off and I went to work, and it was awesome. So two interviews that were just so great. They interviewed Dusty and they asked Dusty about that whole thing, which I mean. For the rest of the series, like like we're talking about right now, Bregman taking 101 the other way for that base hit to make it four to two, so critical, so critical because the one run, you know, thing with now the way it folded out with Julio on second, it would have been more high leverage, you know, knowing that he had the extra run in his pocket, probably made it easier to to pitch and get out of the little jam he created, uh talking about Presley. But Dusty was like, oh, that looks like some Barry Bonds stuff. He compared him to Barry Bonds. And then Cal Raleigh, the catcher for the Mariners, he looks so dejected. And then they asked him about it. He goes, you know, it really sucks because we told ourselves we weren't going to let this guy beat us. And for two games in a row, we didn't do that. We just let him beat us. So he was just, he was just, he was just like, you could just see how dejected he was because I think that was the intent. If you look at the at bat that Jordan hits the 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 go ahead homer, the game the game winning homer, they pitched him away. The only thing that I think, and then the day before they pitched him in. So the only thing that that I think helped Jordan was that Luis Castillo threw him the same pitch twice. So he fouls off strike one, and it's the exact same pitch, and it's a little bit further out. Strike two comes to the exact same spot, which had like, I think Jeff Passan put it out there. It had over a foot of run. So it starts in the middle of the plate and then goes all the way, you know, two, three inches off the plate. And he just drove, he just went with it, but it looked exactly the same. So I think you have to be so good when you're pitching a yard on. And I, if they're smart, they won't. All right. Number. I say fair. What do you say? Fair. All right. Number four. Vasquez will catch Lance McCullers Jr. in game three. I think he should. I really do. Uh, this isn't an indictment against Maldi at all. I think it's more about keeping him fresh. Vasquez has proven he's been really good defensively. He cut down uh, Real Muto in the Philly series. He's also shown that he can have really good at bats, real patient. So fair. I think he definitely should catch. No, will he? Oh, yes. Fair. I, think I, I, I say the reason I saw this is because somebody put a poll out that will he start, you know, will he catch Jay, uh, Lance McCullers in game three? So I don't know. I think it's time because they, you know, they talked about him being a DH, you know, they said that uh, Vasquez could be a perfect DH in this series, but they don't have another catcher. He's, pre- he's definitely the best hitter out of all the guys that could be DH, but you can't do that. 
You might need that <laughs> extra catcher later in the game. All right, that's all of the baseball ones. We got two other ones, and I talked about this at work. So it was pretty funny. Number three, men. You Everybody knows baby showers. You know, that's a women thing. Men attending baby showers. Verify. <laughs> I think it's foul. I think that that's the last place a guy should be. I think that if you bring your guys, it's awkward the entire time. We're supposed to be like involved in something like this. And it's like, don't get me wrong. The, 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 the thing, the idea of a baby, you know, yes, that should be cool, but it's the way it's celebrated. It's, it's, it's almost like a, you know, a different kind of party. It's almost like, you know, the girls getting together to do the girls things, you know, like I I could be wrong, but but I say foul too, because I'll never go to one. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's a couple's one i don't care i'm not going it's a girl's thing and i'm never changing my mind you do it it's for girls if you go if you guys go with your wives i can't knock you for that because you have to you know you have to happy mar- wife happy life yep. mar- marriage first but i don't think i could be talked into going <laughs> i would take a stand on that i don't take a stand on a lot of stuff but i'm not going to a baby shower it's just weird because I, I can't see how they include them. You know, Why are like, they trying to bring us into that? It's a girl thing. <clears throat> well, I think it's the idea that, hey, you helped make them. You should be there to celebrate it. But it's the way it's celebrated. You know what I mean? I don't feel like, you know, they're, they're not out playing cornhole or, you know, grilling or anything <laughs> yeah, like that. It's a girl. They do girly. St- I was mm-hmm. going to say another word. They do girly stuff. <laughs> Why would we want to be there? All right. Number. So we both say foul. Number five, I had this one, and you can answer it real quick if you want, but I think I've done it before because I had four, and I need one more. And, that, you know, it's almost bedtime, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, sleeping in socks. I can't sleep in socks. Have we done that? <laughs> it sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't think we've done that, but for me, that's fair. I You sleep in socks? I don't mind it. Like, I can't sleep in socks. I don't care see, if my feet are freezing. <laughs> see i don't like that i don't like being cold so mm-hmm. <clears throat> when the temperature's down you know I'll put an extra blanket down there but no socks I can't if, sleep I'm sta- <laughs> if i'm staying at a buddy's house and you know they they keep the temperature you know meat locker mm-hmm. then i like meat locker and see for me i'm, I'm not insulated that's the word i'll use i'm not insulated enough i am <laughs> what about a shirt i can't sleep in a shirt either that's horrible <clears throat> it's so uncomfortable so it really just depends uh, for the most part. I'm with you. I don't, I don't wear a shirt. Uh, but again, if it's going to be a meat locker in there, no, I'm never. not going to, I'm not going to have 37 blankets. I'll, I'll just put on just enough clothing to, to get, I'd rather have 37 blankets <laughs> because like when you turn it pulls and it, it's so uncomfortable. But anyway, speaking of shirts, this is the true fair guys. You're getting like seven of them today for the price of five. All right, number five, and I see these online, and I want one, okay? The Astros have these kind. I don't buy them because they're – I'll explain it. All right, fair <laughs> foul, Hawaiian shirts. Foul, absolutely foul. My company's got one, and it's got, like, rockets and all this cool stuff, and it's still just a Hawaiian shirt, and I can't get with it. And then obviously the Astros have one. I saw it in the the team shop yesterday. Can't get with it. Just can't do it. 
see, like if I had one, I would wear one. But they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. They're so expensive. And it would also depend on the neck. Like if the neck goes all the way down and too much, I don't like a lot of chest showing. <laughs> I'm I'm buttoning it up as far as you can button it without buttoning the top one kind of guy. But I, I think they have some that are kind of mild and they're kind of cool. I, I say they're fair, but I don't I don't think I would ever wear one. And I'm definitely not a, a you know, a, a T-shirt with a dress shirt over it with unbuttoned kind of guy. That's not my style. And uh, I don't have a lot of style, but I don't do that. But I like them, but I don't have one. And if I did get one, I would probably, it would probably be one of those regret buys. See, that's the thing for me too. Like one, I can't see myself in it. And two, I really just can't get with the price. They're so expensive. All right, guys, before we run out of time, Tom's got to go to work. I got to go to bed. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Go Astros. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 